a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Next is now. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and it is time for Next Is Now. Looking forward, what we should be looking at or thinking about. And here to help us do that is our good friend Rick Larson from the Sutherland Institute. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Boyd, happy to. It's good to speak with you. Good to have you back on the program. And uh, as we look at what is coming next, uh, you have been focused, uh, as well as the uh, Sutherland Institute, on civics, that if we want to get to next as a country, we've actually got to go back to uh, civics education in a significant way. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's logical on the one hand, um, given some thought, but I think it's time that people in general need to start connecting the dots. And the dots are between the division, the civil unrest, the political dysfunction, everything that we're seeing around us, and uh, and in many cases being frightened by it. We need to connect that to the fact that for decades now, we have been gradually teaching our students less and less about how freedom works, how what it, what it takes to be a citizen, how our form of government functions. And when you eliminate that knowledge, and uh, and then amp it up with it with a lot of current and divisive issues, you get the unrest that we see today. Yeah, so important. You've uh, written and spoken often on this idea that the difference is between being uninformed, misinformed, and disinformed. And civics is sort of the antidote to all of those. Well, well, it is, and they're all creeping into public education. And just to take them quickly, one by one. To be uninformed is to certain just lack knowledge, which means you might make errors, mistakes, and judgment based on things you just don't know. To be misinformed is a version of the truth. To be disinformed is a driven narrative. And we're finding all of those accumulating in public education as we, as we change the priorities around civics and history education and then allow current events to take the place of actual history. Mm. And it's so important. You uh, you mentioned that we've been slowly teaching less and less of this uh, at all levels of of education. And uh, you recently cited some of the uh, the statistics that thirty two percent of Americans can't identify the Supreme Court as one of the three branches. Twenty five percent of Americans uh, don't quite grasp the concept of of checks and balances uh, or or think that the checks and balances allow the elimination of the Supreme Court if they're making too many decisions that Americans disagree with. Yeah, exactly. Within some of these reams of of data that would be funny if it weren't so damaging. You've got a fair number of young Americans who think Judge Judy's on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Um, And and, and that's one thing. 
we let's dare to chuckle at that. But then if you take that a step further and say, and by the way, if I don't agree with Supreme Court decisions, well, let's just do away with it. Yeah. Or let's change the number of judges until I do agree with it. That strikes at the very heart of, of how our government is structured to protect our freedoms, by the way, not to limit them, to protect them. Yeah, and and so important. I think this is one of those inflection points, and uh, it is. Uh, I mean, you have to chuckle, and then you have to say, "Wait a minute, that's uh, this is serious business uh, in terms of where we are and what we go next." One of the things that I know you've been talking about over at the Sutherland Institute is that we really need to start viewing civics and civic education kind of the way we did with STEM and uh, reprioritize. Uh, some of these things that maybe kind of got pushed to the side uh, over a period of time. You know, Boyd, we have some we have some data. We've, we've engaged in a in a months long uh, deep analysis, a survey to the state of Utah parents and teachers, and we'll be sharing more of this data. But but what clearly stands out is that parents and teachers both, um, when asked point blank, say, you know, STEM is important, um, but have we prioritized that to the point? where we've lost the time in a classroom and our ability to teach about citizenship. The risk we're facing is some very highly educated young minds who don't know how to live in the democracy they live in. Mm. And that's a challenge long-term. Talk about thinking down the road a little bit. This glimpse of the unrest uh, kind of beginning last summer, but continuing on in all kinds of areas. Where are we going if we continue with that prioritization? Mm. Yeah, and really, it is. It's that it is what's next, uh, and it will be that now will come way sooner than I think any of us anticipate. And we often talk about that in terms of you know what we ignore or forget. Our our children aren't going to know, and what our children don't know, our our grandchildren are not likely p- to possess. Especially when it comes to a constitutional republic and uh, and many of those first freedoms. You know, that's such a great quote, Boyd. I was reading the other day, and it struck me as analogous. National Geographic reports that somewhere in the world, every two weeks, a language is lost. Um, it's no longer spoken. The, the, the elders die. It's not written anymore. Well, think about this. If a language is not spoken, written, or taught through an entire generation, it's gone. And unless there's a record somewhere for someone to reinterpret and reactivate, you've lost it. And I, I fear we're, we're, we're walking down the same road with the principles of freedom that somehow in our ability to to criticize everything about ourselves today we're forgetting to be cognizant and grateful of of the inheritance that does work yeah that's so important and you've talked a lot about uh really that it is time for a a grassroots approach to this that uh, especially in a place like utah surely we can make this happen here uh to get people involved to get parents involved and and really treat this. I love this idea of treating civics as a. It is the language of civic, civics. It's the language of freedom, and uh, we've got to figure out a way uh, at every level uh, to actually make sure that language gets passed on. Absolutely, and there are a lot of efforts in Utah, all around the country. There are efforts. People are reacting to this, taking their own approach. But but our view is, our commitment is. Um, since part of what's costing us so dearly is a loss of understanding of our institutions, um, the solution lies within our institutions, beginning with the family. Uh, we have tremendous control over what we teach our children, uh, what we talk about, how we speak of this nation, of our freedom, of our history, of our mistakes. And we have access to curriculum. We can create our own lesson plans in our own homes. 
and and build that, that respect in our own communities. And we believe it's far more effective if it comes up that direction through citizens than if than some top-down approach that always risks codifying things that no one's happy with. Uh, people know in their communities, um, they know how they feel, they know what their principles and values are, and, and I think they're best suited to define them in schools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rick, uh, we always appreciate your insight. We appreciate the Sutherland Institute and their good work uh, here in our community and across the country. And again, this is a, a conversation that if we don't make this a high priority, uh, the next is going to be a really painful now when it gets here. And uh, we appreciate you raising this and uh, leading these efforts uh, here in the state of Utah. Thanks, Boyd. Let's avoid the pain. Thanks for allowing this conversation. All right. Uh, again, thanks so much to Rick Larson from the Sutherland Institute. I appreciate their efforts over there. And this is a language, uh, the language of, of civics and government and institutions is something that you have to learn like any other language. And if we ignore it or neglect it, uh, our children won't know it. And if our children don't know it, the next is not pretty. Uh, because uh, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren will not possess it. And so we, we have to have these crucial conversations. We have to have that proper respect and uh, trust in the institutions and in the individuals we send there. Uh, and that is a uh, a big discussion, a, a heavy topic, and an important one. Uh, and it's not one that we, we should be shying away from and saying, well, that's not really my thing. Uh, this is everybody's thing. This is part of our, our shared project that we call government, that we call the United States of America. This is our shared project. And the language we use in describing that shared project should engender trust and confidence and openness and space for everyone to come to the table and be part of the conversation. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, you don't want to miss this. We're going to talk about how quickly you can go from a brand new social media account to all kinds of conspiracies in seven days. Find out why that's happening next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.